No, ma no matter who you are, what your goals are for 2020, or you just want to be in the know, we're going to take you full tilt. I'm Leslie Lopez, and we're bringing you 100% real with Leslie and Jamie. Jamie and I will bring you up to speed with the latest real estate news, market reports, community updates, and of course, our weekly top five list. You don't want to miss it. It's 100% real with Leslie and Jamie. That's right. You got to play that music. Good morning, or good afternoon. I guess we're a few minutes after the noon hour. You're listening to 100% Real with Leslie and Jamie right here on Facebook Live. Uh, we are reporting or coming from, one more time, the Sputnik Room? Not the Sputnik Room. It's the, uh, What's the Sputnik Room. Is this the Sputnik Room? Oh, my goodness. Oh, Christian isn't watching. Yeah, well, yeah, we're in one of our Airbnbs <laughs> today, but we want to welcome you. We are really excited. Uh, we have Delegate Jason Barrett with us today, as well as our weekly real estate roundup, our top five, which we'll get to in just a second, along with our TGIF, what to do this weekend. So um, we have a whole show full of good things. But before we start our top five, we're going to check in with this fellow right here and oh. see what's new uh i don't i don't have anything new although yes you do i have kind of added one thing to our <laughs> agenda and that is uh i've been giving i still you know we all have a facebook and i i see uh the crazy people out there who thinks this is some kind of political hoax the whole COVID 19 thing so starting last week i, I began really kind of tracking and talking about the cases so again uh we are basically 45 days into this COVID 19 outbreak which right. is not very it feels like it's been a year, but it's only been about 45 days. Last week, the increase in uh, infected cases in the United States went up 37,000 people, which was a huge number, and, wow. and uh, deaths increased 5,000 over that, uh, a week period. So uh, those were the numbers, 37,000 uh, person increase and 5,000 increase in deaths, which is very, very serious. But this week, compared to last week, we've had a... Uh, uh, case increase in infections of 107,000 wow. in one week. Big difference. And an increase in the people that have died from this terrible virus to an additional 16,000 in one week. So uh, the pace of the increase and spread of this thing is super, super serious. So I just want to remind the people out there who may not be practicing our, our state uh, suggested guidelines for safe distancing, uh, social distancing, staying at home, uh, please, please, uh, this is a very serious matter. I hear people talking about, you know, it's just the same as the flu. No, it's not. I went on and looked at flu this morning. It has a 1% mortality rate, which is terrible, right? I mean, last year, 45 million Americans got the flu. About 47,000 people died from it. That's roughly 1%. In the last 45 days, we're approaching 700,000 infections, uh, approaching 35,000 uh, deaths, it's a 5% mortality rate, and it's happening in a month. That, that was over a year with the flu. This has happened over the last 45 days, which has caused our health, uh, 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 our health system to be uh, overtaxed and burdened. So please pay attention to government guidelines. Uh, in fact, I'm going to ask Jason a question about it today uh, you know, because our health department has enacted certain guidelines that are basically not being followed by businesses, basically completely ignored. So we're going to talk to Jason about that today, too. All right, Leslie, back to you. It's the top five. It's the top five. 
okay, folks, this is top five. It's Friday, and you know we are real estate agents, and, and our real estate podcast here is really leaning towards real estate and things going on in our community. Yep. So today we are talking about the top five things to make your move into a new home successful and less stressful. And believe me, we have moved, the two of us, in the last 10 years, three times. So we know what stress is with kids and with animals and what it takes to do it. Moves are stressful. They're terrible. (laughs) They're horrible. And it is the spring and summer season. So we know that you are, you know, either um, planning for that move or you're looking to move. So here are the things that you need to do. Top five. Number five, you need to plan ahead. Believe me, folks, planning ahead is the best thing that you can do. Don't procrastinate. Take inventory. Know what you got. Know what you have to get rid of. You could have a yard sale. You could go to Goodwill. You could even sell it on Facebook Marketplace. I mean, shoot, it's easy. Hey, start watching my Facebook Marketplace because I'm cleaning out my garage and I'm getting rid of <laughs> so watch. much stuff. I've anyway. got a car to get rid of. i got a four-wheeler to get rid of. I've got all kinds of stuff to okay. get rid of. Okay, so watch Jamie's uh, Marketplace. Facebook Place, I guess. Facebook Marketplace. I like Market Facebook Place. <laughs> That's a Leslie. We should, we should rename Anyway, so go ahead and get your boxes. You can do that at Office Max. You can order them online. You can go to Lowe's. You can call a moving company. Rockwell's here in town will help you do that. Um, you can order your boxes there. Number four, please plan ahead for your pets. It is so important because they are stressed as much as you are. They see you packing boxes, their room has changed, their sleeping patterns have changed. Maybe they don't even know where their dog bowl is. But you need to take care of your pets because this is the most stressful move. Um, Well, moving is very stressful for them. If you have... um, Maybe a dog sitter or a boarder that you can call. We call Shenandoah Pet uh, Boarding and Spa over on Route 45, Shepherdstown Road. They really help us out. Let's be clear, Leslie. We have two pugs that sleep 24 <laughs> and a half, 23 and a half hours a day. They would never even know it. They would just go to sleep and wake up in a new place. No, that's not true. They bark at everything. No, that's not true. Okay. Sleep right um, Number three, if you have small children, this is the time to lean on a good babysitter. Or call your parents, folks that have grandparents that are in town and available. Parent, grandparent duty. <laughs> yes, yes, because this is stressful for them as well. You want to make sure they have their naps, and um, or you're going to need one, a big one. Or if anyway. it was like the old days, you just put the kids to work. Have them pack up boxes, carry stuff out to the truck. Well, not when they're two and yeah. they're crying. If they're walking, they can carry. You know, when your room, when you can't sleep in your room, I got lipstick on you. But anyway, that's okay. I'll get it off. Um, okay. Number two, clean up some other day. If you go to move, that's my regular modus operandi right there. Yeah, I'll clean it up. <laughs> I know. I follow them around. If you go to move, don't worry about cleaning the house the day you move. Thanks, Chick-fil-A. Unless you are last minute getting out of there, I take it. Hire somebody to do it. But if you can go back and clean the next day, that is the best time to do it. Go home, get your sleep, come back the next day and clean. Or hire a good cleaner. And we know one of those two. Yeah, we do. Um, number one, you want to pack a survival box. This is all wrong. Do you wrong. know what a survival box is? It's all wrong, Leslie. I'm, I'm reading your list on survival box. It's missing some key key things in the Well, let me box. tell you what I have in my survival box. I have um, a couple of pans. You have maybe some diapers if you have little people, um, some blankets, a pillow, um, a kettle. You definitely need a coffee maker. And 
Get your bottle of wine. That's what you're missing. <laughs> there's no wine here. There's no, there's no beer. <laughs> I know. Pam Parks knows what I'm talking about there. Yeah. You need a cigar? What do you do at the end of the day when you're tired? I know. Exactly. There's nothing in the box. But make sure you have your milk and your sugar and your cream and everything that you need to get a good night's sleep as well. Okay. So All take right. your pillow um, so that when you move into that house... And you are sitting there and nothing is unpacked or you're waiting on your packing um, company to move it in for you. Definitely have a survival box so that you can make it through. We can't eat out, really. so. Well, you can always get a pizza. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can get a yeah, pizza. pizza delivered, absolutely. And that was your top five. That was so, good, hey? Yeah, I thought that was a pretty good top five today. I agree on that Except as well. for the survival box. You missed that one by a mile. Um. No beer, wine, or cigars. <laughs> you must be 21, Maybe we should call folks. it a different type of box. Maybe that should be... Anyway, go ahead, honey. I'm sorry. <clears throat> All right. Well, um, next, we're going to go ahead and move on, on. Move on on. Yeah, we're moving on up. Anyway, we're going to welcome Live our... Live from the red carpet. <laughs> it is celebrity guest time. All right, Jamie. Wow. <clears throat> wow, we'd like to welcome in... Our special guest today, Jason Barrett, West Virginia State Delegate for the 61st District. Um, he uh, is uh, he's the tallest delegate in the Panhandle. I believe that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jason, Jason's hanging in there with us. So if height goes with effectiveness, we think Jason is doing an excellent uh, job. Actually, we think he's doing an excellent job regardless. He, we do. He, he was on top of uh, the Mark Train situation. He's really been out in the front if people follow him on his socials. He's been doing a great job. Uh, we really think uh, Jason's been uh, really, really an, an impressive and important figure here locally. But we did ask him to come in uh, to ask, answer a few questions. Um, now, I, I will I tell you, I, Jason and I spoke last night. Before I get to my questions, though, I want to welcome Jason Barrett. Thank you for coming on the show. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. And I certainly appreciate uh, those kind of words, Jamie. Uh, my pleasure. <laughs> my pleasure. The height? Is that what you're... <laughs> he's, a, he's a big dude, man. That guy rolls up. You're looking up. You're looking up. So, um, the uh, there's a... a Hoppy... Uh, we, I listen to Hoppy in the morning, too. Hoppy Kirchival. And it's been a regular uh, issue for, I think, a lot of people across the state. And I know the state's doing the very best they can. The only reason that we are familiar with the delay related to uh, unemployment compensation benefits is our son, who was employed and then his business closed the doors and he's been trying for about a month to get some unemployment. He still hasn't gotten anything. So uh, we wonder if you if you had any inside skinny on how that is going for West Virginia residents who are seeking and still not able to get any unemployment. Sure. And that's a great question. It's a question that I've received uh, several times here in the past month or so. But uh, my understanding, and I've had a couple conversations uh, with Workforce West Virginia, and they are, are working around the clock uh, with three different shifts uh, to be able to process these claims and to be able to get the, the unemployment compensation uh, out as quickly as possible. And you know, I've had several uh, small business owners reach out to me on kind of on behalf of their employees um, who you know feel like they're getting the run around. They feel like they're getting ignored. They're they're not getting uh, you know their their paychecks as, as quickly as they need because you know unfortunately many of these folks live paycheck to paycheck. But these small business owners have reached out to me and you know with various concerns about their um, employees and and I've called down the workforce West Virginia a number of times uh, and, and given um, you know this the story and, and and what's going on with a particular employee and, and workforce has been very responsive and one of the questions that I that I think 
comes more in the Eastern Panhandle than the rest of the state is that we have people that are West Virginia residents and working in West Virginia now, but in the base period of the past uh, several quarters, they've worked in other states. Uh, so they, there's this uh, kind of a backlog, obviously, in the state of Maryland. That's one of the cases that I helped someone with is that part of their unemployment compensation was based on what they made in Maryland. And, and Maryland is, I don't want to say dragging their feet, they're just behind uh, because of all the all the claims. So, um, you know, I was able to get a hold of Workforce West Virginia and, and that, that person there was able to get a hold of their counterpart in Maryland to be able to expedite that, to, you know, to get these folks the, the money that, that they need and, and quite frankly, they deserve, and uh, obviously it's no fault to the small business owner or to the employee, but, you know, I'm really optimistic, um, and, and, you know, it makes me feel good when I see these small business folks who are struggling too, uh, but their primary concern in a lot of these cases, uh, you know, is their employees, and I, I think that really says something about our business community here, but, uh, you know, it's my understanding that, that the governor has, has leaned on Workforce West Virginia uh, pretty heavily, and, and now the National Guard is assisting the general lawyer to be able to get these claims processed as quickly as possible. If I have a criticism, uh, it is that, that some folks uh, in a workforce that, that could work from home were not being allowed to work from home from the beginning. I think that we've maybe transitioned to some of that to allow some of that, or at least, um, you know, have the employees, the workforce employees, um, you know, further apart, uh, you know, a, a greater distance apart, because you know, as vital as they are, uh, and, and, and we, we need them to do the job to help our employee or to help, you know, the unemployed uh, in West Virginia, we also have to make sure these folks are protected as well. So, you know, I, I hope that we could, if this continues, that, that we need to, to do a better job at some of the distancing in these offices, uh, but then also to uh, allow these folks to work from home when possible. You know, I think that's going to be a change we'll see post-outbreak that more mm-hmm. <clears throat> small businesses and employees are going to work out a better way to work remotely. I think that was a real shock to the system at the beginning of this when people had the ability, but then small-time employers really couldn't figure it out. But I do think that's going to be a change we'll see coming out of the other side of this uh, this pandemic. So, uh, and kind of an unrelated unrelated thing, Jason. You know, uh, we had uh, Tony Cooper on uh, last week, mm-hmm. and we were talking about the PPP loans. The small businesses were able to get and retain employees and not have to pay that money back as long as they spent 75% of that money on uh, payroll. PPP, though, is out of money. Yeah. It's all been lent out. So if you if you were in line also as a small business trying to get this uh, uh, government loan through SBA uh, and the, the Treasury Department, that now is kind of on hold. Were you aware of that, Jason? It is, um, but I, I, you know, I fully believe that, that the Congress will do the right thing and, and be able to appropriate more money for these small businesses. I know Senator Manchin released a statement yesterday uh, and said that this had to be done, especially in, in more rural communities, um, you know, the way West Virginia is. Uh, and I think it's, it's incredibly important um, uh, you know, that we do this to help small business. Uh, but we have to, you know, be able to keep these uh, in, these folks employed and keep these small businesses open. Uh, if we exit a pandemic uh, with 20% unemployment, uh, that is going to have such a, a long-term negative impact uh, on our economy and, and really going to prevent uh, uh, any type of uh, uh, quick turnaround. And so, you know, I, I think we're doing the right thing here. And, uh, you know, I would cautious, caution some of the small business owners of getting this loan to, to make sure that you use it for the purpose in which it is intended. Right. This is not to go out and buy 
you know, I hate to say this to you all, but this is not to take money from your business and go buy a bunch of property and, and do other things. This is to make sure that your business is, is mm-hmm. safe, you keep the doors open, your employees are taken care of, you're current on your rent, and those type of things. So I, I think that that's important that we that we make sure these businesses, you know, they're going to give us influx of cash is to make sure you do the right thing with it so that if, you, if your ultimate goal is trying to get it forgiven, you know, you're going to have to uh, follow all the rules that SBA and the, the uh, Congress has laid out for you. That's the key, really, is you, you, if you if you if your intention is to take this based on having it forgiven down the road, right. you've got to follow these rules. And the primary rule is keeping your employees on staff. That's a big deal. Right. And I we talked to a business owner down in the central part of the state yesterday, and she had the same, you know, she had, um, was trying to weigh if it was a good loan for her or not. She had her people are already laid off and already claimed, you know, that they are, you know, need workers' compensation. And um, so, it, you know, it was a big question for a, her. It was she's a, a great client conversation. Of ours. Yeah, she's a small business owner in the central part of the state. She was approved for this loan. Right. But uh, she actually decided not to take it because she didn't know if even by bringing her employees back to work for a business, because she owns a restaurant, mm-hmm. right? Even bringing and them breakfast. back at the end of 60 days or whenever, and if she had spent this money on, on salaries, would she still be able to reopen her doors? So she actually decided not to take that loan, you mm-hmm. know? So there's some, it there's some, uh, yeah, there's some tough uh, decisions to be made by a small business, but I'm confident they're going to make, you know, these small business owners around the state are smart uh, people that, you know, you know care about mm-hmm. staying in business. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she bit the bullet just so she thought she could, uh, she didn't want to go any farther in debt, you know, and right. I certainly understand yeah. that. And one of the things that's important, uh, and I had a conversation and asked Scott Atkins, who's the head of Workforce Social Union a few weeks ago, is that as the uh, as our laid-off folks in Western Union collect unemployment, under a normal circumstance, that would uh, negatively impact the small business in which they made the claim on, because um, that the contribution rate uh, that the employer paid is based on you know, if uh, employees or former employees are collecting unemployment. So. What I thought was important is to make sure that we don't penalize these small business because they're fault of their own for their employees uh, collecting unemployment. So their contribution rate uh, will is frozen currently uh, from the February 29th. Whatever the, the individual employer's uh, un, unemployment contribution rate was on February 29th, 2020, it will remain that throughout this process until... Um, the state of emergency uh, is no longer in effect, and then we move forward. So they won't be penalized for their employer, employees uh, collecting unemployment. That's great. That's actually a big uh, big help to small business owners, uh, Jason. Thanks for taking the lead on that. So I do have one other question. <clears throat> so on April 4th, uh, the Berkeley County Health Department issued a directive uh, for Berkeley, uh, Morgan, and uh, Jefferson. also Jefferson. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, a directive uh, on COVID-19 on April 4th was to uh, require all hotels, bed and breakfast, Airbnbs, home sharing, anything that has to do with uh, staying in a, in a hotel, basically. Um, that every single uh, business of that type uh, had to limit stays to at least 14 days or more. To at least 14 days or more. And of course, we got our notification uh, immediately and immediately switched our Airbnb business to that 14 day minimum. But I kind of continually 
track what everybody else is doing because uh, it's easy to do. If you have the Hotels.com app, for example, <laughs> which I have on my phone, uh, I can go in and just put in you know one night stay Martinsburg, and it'll pop up basically every single hotel in the county and every single hotel, including the Holiday Inn, which was conforming last week. Now, every single hotel in the hotel in the in the county is allowing one-day stays. Well, have there been any changes? I mean, overnight? Yeah, is, has there been a change that you're aware of? I'm looking at the health department thing right now, and I don't see any changes. It's my understanding that that 14-day uh, rule for Berkeley County and, and the other two are, are still in effect. And, you know, I think that that's, you know, while that's probably going to hurt uh, the, the hotel motel industry and Airbnb, uh, you know, I think with what the governor has come out and said uh, here over the past couple of weeks is that, you know, to limit travel out of state from out of state folks into West Virginia. And, and I think uh, in an effort to be compliant with, you know, not traveling to other states is that you, you know, have to uh, adhere to this 14 day rule. And, you know, what was said about in the governor's press conference when he, when he um, discussed this was that, you know, if you're coming from out of state, you need to quarantine for 14 days. So if you're coming here to stay in someone's Airbnb or or a hotel that you stay there for 14 days and essentially self-quarantine. So I think in order to be consistent, I think the, the, the county really didn't have a choice to do that. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't mean to sound cynical, but I, I think there are still, there's people that are still going to figure mm-hmm. out a way to, to, to beat the system. And, and I don't know what's preventing, even if the hotel said you have to book your reservation for 14 days, well, what's going to, pre- what would prevent um, the person renting the room from checking out after the third, second, or third day. That's true. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, that's you right. Know, certainly, <laughs> I don't think that the, the hotel would be have the authority to, to charge someone for 14 days um, if they decided to check out. Um, you know, certainly when we're under a state of emergency, that the, the governor has uh, a lot of increased powers uh, to do things like that. I don't think that we give increased powers to private businesses to do things like that. So. Um, you know, I think that really what we're doing is asking these folks, these business owners, for the for the public well-being of everyone, you know, to follow these guidelines. And, and certainly, if the health department, uh, you know, hears and investigates that, that, that certain hotels are are not complying on a regular basis, that the health department has the ability uh, to close them down. So, you know, I think they're running the risk if they don't adhere to the 14-day rule of of having their business completely shut down. Yeah, I see that's built right into the directive that they could be shut down. The only exception that appears in the rules is if you're a healthcare worker, you know. Uh, and we, I mean, got another request this morning for an Airbnb stay. Somebody wanted to stay one night, but he was not a healthcare worker, so I could not approve his right. request. Um, <clears throat> however, he could have called the Holiday Inn and stayed one night. <laughs> he could call any hotel in the county. I didn't see any exclusions, not one single hotel that was complying with this thing. Not a single one. So I don't know how difficult an investigation would be, but uh, it doesn't appear like it'd be too awful tough. And I, yeah, Jason, I guess where I'm coming from is it feels a little unfair for those uh, that do have to comply or right. want to comply because we, we feel We're like it's a serious matter. Owners. It's a business. Yeah, we think They're it's we think it's important that, that people yeah. comply. Anyway, All so right. thank you for your comment on that. Okay, so you're listening to 100% Real with Leslie and Jamie. We have Delegate Jason Barrett with us. Um, Jason, the president has told us that our governors will be the ones that open our businesses in our state. And um, do you know where we are on that this morning? What does it look like? Where are we? Well, I don't know that we have a, a time frame uh, 
just yet. And I know the, the, the president has uh, suggested that, that he was in charge and now he's putting it on the states. And I think absolutely the states uh, are who have the responsibility uh, and the authority to determine how we get back to normal and what that process is like. Now, the president has put out today uh, guidelines for that in a three-step uh, process. It's phased in um, to get back to normal uh, in three different phases. And I think the first phase is kind of gyms and restaurants and the things that uh, uh, that are kind of completely closed down now, that we would reopen those, still practicing social distancing, still limiting the amount of people uh, that were in those um, different businesses uh, to, to try to, to get back to normal, our parks and those type of things. Uh, and, and it's my understanding that the local government or the state that decides to do that, that they have to show a, a, a significant decrease uh, over a two-week period of, of confirmed COVID cases so that they can you know, start to implement the first phase, uh, which I just kind of outlined. Uh, and then the second phase would go into uh, schools and uh, daycares or, or things like that where maybe there's a... a, a I don't want to say vulnerable, but 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 not quite as vulnerable, uh, for lack of a better term, folks. And so it's just kind of easing into it. And then the third phase uh, really would be where you know you can kind of all really almost get back to normal. It even allows would even allow uh, folks to go into uh, nursing homes and hospitals to visit seniors. And so even the most vulnerable then we would, you know, we would get, really kind of get back to normal with still the same, you know, or some uh, social distancing uh, requirements uh, in that, or at least guidelines. Again, this is guidelines from the president. This cannot be, this is not enforceable in any state. Uh, it would be up to uh, state government and local government, but this is a guideline, which I think is a good idea. Uh, it's a great idea. a guideline for the entire country, but ultimately the decision-making and the authority uh, is to the states. Right. I have uh, one final thing I want to run past you, Jason. Um, I'm looking at your real solutions for the Eastern Panhandle, a couple of <laughs> things you're working on uh, as, as, as a legislator in general that have nothing to do with COVID. And I'm wondering, first of all, are you able to get anything else done? Is there anything else that was previously on your list that you uh, are still able to make any headway on? Or are you guys really kind of focused in on just what's happening with COVID-19? Well, uh, as you know, we, we go back to the legislative session uh, in January, of course, we have you know some elections to deal with prior to that. Um, but we're going to have to go back in special session, I believe, at some point this summer, because like the governor said yesterday that, that we were expecting a $376 million budget deficit for fiscal year 2020, which ends on June 30th. Uh, he also indicated that the federal government has already appropriated uh, over $600 million to the state of West Virginia. So. Uh, the, the details uh, we don't have yet as to how that money can be spent, how many strings are, are tied to it uh, from the federal government, but that's only supposed to be half. We're supposed to receive one and a quarter billion dollars uh, from the from the federal government. So uh, I think my focus is going to be um, obviously how do we appropriate that money to to you know make everyone whole as we can, and we have to fill our our budget deficit that we're going to have. The state constitution requires that we have a balanced budget. So we're going to have to do that by January 30th. Uh, and then moving forward, fiscal year 2021, which obviously begins July 1st, um, if things, and I don't believe anybody believes that our revenue estimates are, we're going to hit revenue estimates each month. 
So I think we're still going to have to go in and backfill some of this money from the federal government to, to, to backfill into our state budget, um, you know, so that we can stay on track and have a balanced budget at the end of fiscal year um, 2021. If, it, if, if we exhaust all of that money, then we're going to have to look at budget cuts or those type of things. So hopefully we don't get to that point. Uh, but the longer this goes on, you know, the, the bigger concern it will be is that one and a quarter billion dollars going to be enough? I mean, that is a tremendous amount of money that I don't think any of us can actually fathom, but um, uh, it, it, a lot of that's going to be necessary, I think, to backfill um, you know, some of our state budget and then, you know, how do we help people moving forward as well? You know what, um, I, I, Jason? I agree with you. I think they're going to have, there's going to, have to be a special session. Mm-hmm. Boy, what I a, can understand that. What too. a tough time when you have a constitutional requirement to have a balanced budget in a time like this. How can you possibly predict something like that? Jason, um, well, you can't. Yeah, there's and, just and no the way. Good, the good thing, I guess, is we have a, a rainy day fund, um, which when we left Charleston was around $800 million. Obviously, with the market taking a hit, we've probably lost a good bit of that. That money is, is invested. Um, so I would say we probably still have 650 or $700 million in rainy day. That's completely off the top of my head, just based on what you know, what the market has done over the past month. So we have the necessary funds from the state level to go in and backfill the budget to still have a balanced budget. Uh, but when you, you know, we have a $4.6 billion general revenue budget uh, and our, you know, the credit agencies want to see that we have uh, around 15 to 17% um, of that budget uh, in excess funds, so in, in rainy day. So as you use that money to balance the budget, you've, You'll deplete the rainy day fund, uh, and then the credit will, will take a hit uh, from our from the credit agencies because we don't have the necessary excess funds that they require us to have uh, to have the to have a good bond rating. So ultimately, what would happen is they would reduce our bond rating, and Oof. it would cost the state. Uh, you know, which obviously costs the state money, and you know, in the end, costs taxpayers money. Right, uh, it's at least a, uh, an even playing ground. That is, if West Virginia is going to have their bond rating hit, a lot of states in the same position right. are going to be the same th- same way. So, yeah, that's going to be well, a tough absolutely. Spot. We have, we have one of the healthiest rainy day funds in the country. Right, uh, right. and we've had that for for several years now. But, uh, hey, Jason, when um, you when you do get back to work, you know we're real estate agents here. There's two things that you've been working on that we'd love for you to pick up and give us an update on somewhere down the road, particularly. You uh, are working on helping seniors by increasing the homestead mm-hmm. exemption. When that happens, that's good for seniors. It's good for real estate. Seniors typically own real estate. So we think that's an amazing thing to be pushing. And then the leading the charge to improve infrastructure, including roads, high-speed internet. People move here because of the quality of our infrastructure as much as anything else. So as you get back to work and these two things become important to you, these are real estate things that we'll be mm-hmm. watching closely. And I'd love to revisit and talk to you about sometime in the future. Absolutely. Happy to do it anytime. Good deal. All right. Thank you, Delegate Jason Barrett. Um, you have a wonderful weekend. Do you have any plans that you'd like to share? What are you doing this weekend? You know, that's a good question. I, <laughs> you know, we have spent, Summer and I have spent most of the time uh, during this past 45 days, uh, and you're right, Jamie, it, it seems like it's been a year, but yeah. we spent <laughs> a lot of the time cleaning up the house, working on things around the house. So, um, it's been good to be able to get some some of the things off the checklist. So, oh well, good. We'll keep well, working like over the weekend. It sounds like you're still doing yeah. the checklist. Yep, sound that honey do like. list. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much, and you have a wonderful weekend. Hey, Jason, is Christian Awesome delivering? Is Christian Awesome delivering you beer? Are you within his ten mile range? 
of the Bavarian? Uh, he, he did. He did deliver <laughs> to us once. Yeah. I knew it. All right, we I thought get, I saw that on Facebook. Yeah, no, that's that's All a right. good man. That's supporting yes. the panhandle right there. Thank you, buddy. Have a good weekend. Right, Bye-bye. Okay, so that was fun. Yeah. That was a great interview. That was Delegate Jason Barrett with the 61st District of West Virginia. We're That's very glad right. to have him. Um, he is just a just full of information, and, and he's a voice down in Charleston. Well, you know, as we learn a little bit about the political process, you know, you talk to, you and I have been spending a lot of time talking to our delegates, not just Jason, but other ones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and we found that they, they care about what's important to us. You know, and when we talk to Jason, I get the feeling he cares about what's important to us. Now, we may not agree on everything, but uh, in general, I think we're kind of lined up on uh, on state and local efforts, and uh, I think uh, I think we're all going to be pretty good. Shape. I think the thing that impressed me most about Jason is we had um, a few things we needed to talk about this summer regarding our Airbnb business, and Jason met us at our Airbnb on the front porch. He showed up, he was on time, and he answered our questions, and he was very. He helpful. also met with us at the, his legislative session <laughs> yeah. down in February in Charleston, and we talked to him then, and he we gave did. us uh, the the state uh, proposals for changes to airbnb so i could be uh, i could make my voice heard there too yeah, that's on hold thank helpful. goodness but we're mm-hmm. gonna we're gonna continue to fight for people who have home sharing businesses and airbnb businesses and real estate businesses uh in uh, the eastern panhandle and in the state and we're gonna do our very very best so are we ready for <laughs> the real estate roundup honey? we are ready for the live from the red carpet it is celebrity guest time <laughs> You're the celebrity guest today, Jamie, along with Jason Barrett. So oh, go yeah. for it. What's oh. our real estate roundup? All right, so real estate roundup. <laughs> wow, uh, that was that was really that loud. was a really loud one. <laughs> All right, so I wanted to do a couple of different things. I'm going to do some very specific numbers to start with. Now I had my real estate roundup numbers ready for last week, but we got talking about something else, uh, and I didn't really get to it. So I'm doing a 14 day update today on where we are with listings and closings. And remember, I watched this carefully because over the past almost year, there has been more closings than listings, which means we have a shrinking inventory, which is very difficult uh, for buyers in the market. It means prices are gonna spike up too quickly mm-hmm. and that's not healthy for anything. And we simply don't have enough houses to sell. Do you sell. think shrinking inventory has something to do with the coronavirus? Or? No, since the coronavirus has come to light, we are now three ah. weeks in on a reverse to the trend. Really? So. Over the last 14 days, there have been 116 new listings and 97 closings. Now, that's great news, but finally, we want listings to outpace closings for a little while until we can build up our inventory. So we have had three straight weeks of more listings than closings. Remind me, we are talking Berkeley County. Or are we uh, talking Eastern Panhandle Eastern altogether? Panhandle. Okay, so this is Berkeley, Morgan, and Jefferson. Berkeley, Morgan, okay. and Jefferson County. So the new listings have hit the market at an average price of $238,880. And the closings have closed in the market, these 97 listings, for an average of $242,070. So that shows a very, very minor trend down in value as listings outpace closings, which would be normal. But these numbers are very minimal, not a huge uh, uh, impact in general. So this gives you an idea of what's happening in the market. So if you've still been thinking about doing uh, listing your house, it is an excellent time to list your home. So... Call your real estate professional. Call Leslie and I. We, we, we will take good care of you. We have a bunch of new listings coming up anyway. Uh, I also wanted to do a real quick update on a short sale. Oh, okay. Not many people know what those are. We have one going we right do. now. And in Charlestown. It, in Charlestown. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the buyer. We have the buyer. 
So uh, a short sale is when a person who owes more on their house than it's worth, they put the house on the market. They make an agreement with their bank to sell it for less than they owe, thereby mm -hmm. shorting the bank. And that's why it's called a short sale. Right. We have a buyer on one of those deals who, who's been fighting through this short sale contract for about 30 days or so. Yes. Beginning and, of April. Uh, beginning of March, actually. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so he, he made his offer. Uh, we got through the process. The bank worked with the seller. The bank had their own estimate done, and they've counter-offered the buyer. That is, the bank counter-offered the buyer. And now we have the buyer going in, getting some estimates to counter back to the bank. So if you have questions about a short sale or how that works, there's not many of them out there nowadays. But we are currently working on one. And if you need some information on what that is, mm -hmm. and you are on a buyer side or if you're a seller, and you, want, uh, an many short you want an expert, we've done many short sales right. for buyers and sellers. Feel free to give us a call. You can reach me at 304-671-1555. And Leslie? 304-671-2002. Or you can just inbox us right yep. here. We'll take you from that. You can also follow us online at the Lopez Team WV. You can also find us on our personal real estate pages at Leslie Lopez Realtor and Jamie Lopez Realtor. So we're, we're all over. Instagram, Twitter, you got it. You can find us. And well, who's following also, us now? Tony, Tony Price is watching. And, yeah, welcome uh, to Tony and yeah, Melanie, Melanie Slack, Slack and to Heather Jones. Heather Jones, and Deborah Stu. Uh, hi, Deborah. It's been a long time. Hope you're doing well. And to Kevin well, Sam Hoffmaster. Still watching. And, and also Sammy. Sam. So Melanie hi, Slack's Sam. son was in a great video that Brad posted the other day where he had he's flipping a tire, went all the way around the block flipping a tire. <laughs> oh, he's staying in football shape. I yeah. wondered who that was. Yeah, Brad, Brad, based, you know, Brad was, uh, I think, on a state championship football team. So his football uh, uh, home training regimen might be tougher than the uh, one they have at Martinsburg High School. I see. He, he's I working see. that boy hard. Uh, Jamie, I'm going to bring up something that's totally separate from um, anything that we had planned for today. You know any more real estate stuff? Are we done? Oh, okay. Well, what do you have left? I want to add a couple things. Okay, we're still in the real estate roundup. <laughs> yeah, so we, we're still in the real estate roundup. There's a couple things I wanted okay, to add. Leslie and I have a um, a rental listing coming up, a four-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath house on the north end of mm -hmm. town. We do. It's coming up uh, a May 1st. Okay. Uh, it's going to be around 1500 It's a nice house. It's a really house nice house, two-story, nice full basement. Mm -hmm. Yes. Not in a subdivision. No, it's right on Route 11, heading towards um, Falling Water, Spring and we, Yeah, and we have mm -hmm. a, a large 2,400-square-foot, three-story townhome in a really nice neighborhood on a beautiful street. It's coming up uh, for sale. It's going to hit the market at about one ninety nine nine. Right. It will be in Brookfield. So definitely look for that listing. It'll be live on Monday. Yep. And we're getting ready to write a contract today for a, a young guy who works. Uh, he's a... He's a scientist guy that works uh, in, in Winchester. I or the girlfriend works in Carnesville. Okay. Or the right. wife. I'm sorry. They just got married. Farm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're making an offer on a house for him at, out of Avon Bend, which is on the other side of uh, Charlestown. Today. That was so a hike yesterday, wasn't it? That was out there. But boy, was it nice <laughs> when I got out there. Really nice place. Yeah. And then uh, we're getting ready to do another listing on a little tiny two-bedroom brick uh, bungalow over on Moeller Avenue, that's going to hit the market at about 119.9. Yes. It's got a little two-car detached garage, full basement, nice little house, very affordable if you're looking for something in that range, about 119.9. And then uh, we have another end unit townhouse coming up. <laughs> I know we're busy. We have another end unit townhouse coming up, but it is a loaded end unit townhouse. It's a kind. Of, it's over by the golf course. 
2,653 square feet. That's like that's like a two-story house. It's huge for a townhouse. The biggest one I've ever seen. But that's going to hit the market at like 179. It's going to yeah. be a great deal. Yeah, that sounds about right. So if you're interested in in uh, talking to us about any of these properties before they become formal on the market, feel free to give us a call. We'll give you as much information. We, as we do have. a lot of marketing, and uh, that's what we are. We're here to make your goals. A reality. So and if there's something it. we can help you yeah. with, we are here. Just that's inbox right, us. Right. Definitely. And that's it for the Real Estate Roundup. That's the Real Estate Roundup. Well, um, Jamie, now I'll bring this up. Yes. Uh, you announced on uh, Monday that you are running at large for a city councilman seat here in Martinsburg. I so am. tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, I after a lot of thought... Uh, and a lot of uh, back and forth, especially partly because I think we'd spent so much time working on our own projects uh, and our own business interests uh, relative to how uh, we have to work on these things through the city. We've been doing projects in the city for years, rental properties, uh, uh, flips, uh, Airbnb, whatever it is. You and I have been in the city and done uh, business in the city for many, many years. So after some thought, I thought I would uh, throw in my uh, hat for there are two vacant at-large city council seats, which means these two seats represent the whole city. It's not attached to a particular ward. One was uh, uh, Harriet Johnson's. She gave up to move up to her contested uh, seat for mayor. And the other one was uh, Greg Wachtel, who <laughs> retired. Uh, there are currently eight people running for these two <laughs> slots. Uh, so uh, I'm in there. Uh, I'm going to throw my hat in. I'm going to give it uh, everything I've got. I'm going to contribute my time, my effort, my expertise, and my experience as a city uh, uh, owning businesses in the city over the past uh, years. In fact, we moved when when I moved here. We bought our first house in the city in we did. 92? 19, August of 1992, Whew, we settled. 1992. That's been yes. a long time we've been in the city. Yes. And we still live in the city, and we still have properties in the city, and we still do business in the city. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to the run. I'm looking forward to what's coming. The election was originally scheduled for June 9th. It has been postponed yes. to July 28th. So uh, every uh, week when we come on and do our show, we'll be talking about uh, the election and what my issues are and, and uh, how I think I can make the city a better place for renters, property owners, business owners, and people that live and do business and work in this city. Love it. I love Martinsburg. I want it to be great. <laughs> we do. We love Martinsburg, of course, born and raised here. Born and raised. Right born. in this area. I mean, I'm, I could walk home. I mean, I Leslie just... was born at the old King's Daughter's Court, the old <laughs> city was. hospital. All three of our kids were born at City Hospital. Yes. You know, uh, our, two of our kids, maybe all three of them, no, at least two of them were, were uh, lifeguards at uh, the pools. Yes, two of them. Leslie, you were a lifeguard at the yes. pool once upon a time. Yes, Lambert. So, you know, our kids and our family, we, we are city, Martinsburg city people. We are. Yeah. We are. We, we live it, we love it, and we've been here a very long time, and we plan on being here for a long time. I'm not and, going anywhere nope. unless it's a vacation. That's I'm like, right. I think, though, you know what's really great is to vacation in the state of West Virginia. Have oh, you ever yeah. done, like, a, a roundabout in the state Well, you know I have, there? but I, I never did it like you and your family would actually hop in the car and, and drive to Dolly's Sides or go to Casper. We went to, to Pipestem. Yeah. We went to Casper. We went to Pearl Buck's house. Yeah. You know, we went to the Hatfields and McCoys. I saw that show in Theater, oh, in, the theater round. in the Round. down there in... Oh, uh, my goodness, yes. Was that Beaver, West Virginia, just outside of Berkeley or uh, Beckley? Yes. Yeah, there's you know, so many great things. You know, we've ridden, you know, the stern wheel that was on the Canal mm -hmm. um, River. And, I mean, it's just... 
Shoot, I worked oh. in a week in state government with Ken Heckler when oh. I was a junior in high school. I loved it. Yeah, we've, loved been to, we've been to Ogilvy Park. I met him Park. in Charleston. That's right. And we, we've, been, we've been to Ogilvy Park. We've been to, we, we, we love going out and visiting. And we stayed at a, a, a little bed and breakfast in, was it uh, the, down on the Tug River in, uh, where was that? Oh, one? gosh, that Philippi was super duper. Really cool, man. Oh, some and the, great oh, stuff it was wonderful. Oh, it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were at a, we were at a petting zoo in uh, French <laughs> French Are Creek. Are you ready for this? We were in a petting zoo. Kids were little. We were uh, in a petting zoo. I don't in know. French I Creek, think Kennedy may Christian was little or something. You took on. Christian was little. I think Kennedy was born. I think I was with Christian and you yeah. took on. I went with my sister and her kids, and uh, there was a pot-bellied pig, and they let you inside the enclosure. So I'm rubbing the pig's head, and a llama came over and jumped on me. It wanted me to be its girlfriend. I, I had I had my hands full, man. I remember that phone call. That was right. crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> anyway, lots of cool stuff to, to see and do around the state of West Virginia. And even in Berkeley County and Martinsburg, you would be amazed how many people come to our Airbnbs as tourists. This is a great place to come and be a tourist. Too. Yes. Yes. Shoot. Right. We're still being tourists. That's right. Sure. Yeah. My sister that moved away. Uh, when I was just four, mm-hmm. we're 17 years apart, but she moved to the D.C. area, told me just on the phone the other day, she loves the history here. Don't leave. She told me not to leave. Where the would state. we go? I love oh, it no. here. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. No, you're stuck with us. All righty. <laughs> I never know what Leslie's going to do I when t- she takes those breaks. I, I don't know. Are well, you about to do the TGIF? Yeah, we're You're having a technical difficulty. Okay. Um, it's not one. It's TGIF. <laughs> Thank goodness it's right. I think we lost our uh, connection. You should have heard what I heard inside these earphones. I thought my head was going to explode. <laughs> well, it's TGIF, folks. Yes, it is Friday. And there's some things that are going on around Martinsburg, I guess, you know, and we're very limited besides having a Zoom party or a cocktail party via mm. Zoom or a dinner party via Zoom, you know, um, or maybe you just have five people you're going to hang out with. I, I don't know, you know, whatever the restrictions are, but um, there's, yeah, there are a few things that you could do. Now, if you were online last night, and oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah. are um, a member of the, or you follow the McFarland House. Hmm. They had quarantine cocktails at six thirty p.m. So I they had yes. I thought they had that Disney sing along last night. Well, they did. Ha- that was TV. This is Facebook. So if you're following the I McFarland you could, you House, get log in and sing songs. <laughs> sure, you could. We had yeah. several clients tell us. We had several clients text us and say, "Oh, the Disney is so good tonight on TV." I'm like, we're watching. Uh, what were we watching? We were watching Jeopardy or something. I don't know. I don't know. History Channel. We something. worked all day yesterday. I was so tired by the time we sat down. I think we both just dozed off. But anyway, so I think they're doing it on Thursday night. So if you're available next Thursday, watch the McFarland Pages um, Facebook page and go ahead and sign up for quarantine cocktails. You might find one you like. Wow, that's a great idea. Yeah. All right. Um, tonight, I have seen on online and um, Tara, one of our friends, Karen's daughter, is having oh, yeah. a cocktail party tonight, and she has invited those on her Facebook page to join her. Oh. So, yeah. So, just just a thought. Just something to do. I don't know what else to do besides watch a movie on Netflix. Well, my sister Dawn is hosting her cocktail thing tomorrow. I thought it was tonight. It's Friday. 
Oh, I thought it was tomorrow. Is it tonight? I think so. Well, then it's so tonight. So, therefore, we're doing it, too. Okay, good. All we're right. doing it, too. Okay, tomorrow. Um, I saw this on our daughter's event page. I think it's still going on. I meant to confirm with her, but spring mini portrait sessions at Orr's Farm Market. Um, Ana Lopez Photography. Um, I believe that she is still doing that. It's still on the Facebook calendar and as an event. So keep that open if you need portraits. Um, Anna is terrific. You know, I was surprised. She said she had a bunch of cancellations. Listen, if you're having your portraits done and it's you and your girlfriend, or you and you're and already Edward, quarantined anyway, and you're outside, and it's just the two of you, and Anna is six foot away with a camera. Why not still go out and do Shoot. it? The trees are in bloom. The sun is out, folks. Yeah. We went to Chick Fil A today, and Ooh. I had to swipe my card from from a selfie stick. selfie stick. And if you can do that, why can't you have your picture taken? That is just the weirdest thing that people are yeah, canceling I'm, I'm like drinking, that. I'm, I'm like, drinking what? my diet coke. I had a spicy chicken sandwich. It's the only thing I've had to eat yet today. Needless to say, on a Lopez mm. photography on Facebook and Instagram at Anna Lopez Photography. She does a great find. job. She's <laughs> a lot A&A. of fun. She laughs a lot. She's awesome. You'll love. Yes, yeah, she is. She's funny. Um, Sunday, catch up on anything you need to catch up on. Finish up those taxes. Do what you need to do. You know, it's supposed to be a nice day. We have real estate all day. We're doing... Oh, um, we're so busy. Yeah, we have a new We are busier and, since the lockdown since, than we were before. We are working seven days a week. Which means, folks, that people are looking. Yeah. So if you're looking to list or to buy, please give us a buzz. Uh, we're here for you. That's yep. what we do. And do you, you should mention that Christian had a couple releases this past week. He did the, the Gibson did. thing was on Monday. Gibson he Guitars did. did a collaborative release with him playing yes. a Gibson guitar uh, online, which was really cool. That was Monday. Right. Um, did he have something else this week? Yes. Oh, he, had a, he had a story that was released on Pop Matters out yeah. of Nashville. Yesterday. Yesterday. His top five venues that he has um, loved and had made a staple in his life. And number, uh, the very last one that he mentioned, which I consider that to be his number one. saving the best for last. Was the Apollo Civic Theater because that's where it all began. Yep. Um, if you have children and you are looking to get them into theater, you can do the Youth Summer Theater Workshop. I did it too. Mm-hmm. I've been there. Um, it's it's just it's the most historic, wonderful building. The people are fabulous. There's nothing smell. like the smell of the Apollo. Smells like the Apollo. Theater. And if you're there in smell. the summer, it's nice and warm and toasty. And if you're there in the winter, it's a little chilly. But it's just it's just the warmest place in general to be and to start. And showcase your talents. That's a nice way of saying that when Christian did his very first show, which was Oliver, when he was like nine years old, the week of the show, it was 100 degrees like every day. It was. And then you put three or 400 people in that auditorium to watch the show. It was so hot in there. It was fabulous. Oh, just sweat pouring off of you. But it was a great. I remember it like it was yesterday when Christian was nine years old up there singing... Uh, what was that song he did as uh, the Consider Dodger? Yourself. Consider Yourself. He was the Artful Dodger. Um, yes, and Oliver. Yeah, he was he was hilarious and he was funny <laughs> and it was a lot. It was a blast. It was it was uh, and the a lot kids of fun. really enjoy it. If yes. you have a kid who who's a uh, an introvert, take them. If they're yes. an extrovert, still take them. You, you know, it's just they're just a fun thing to well, do. It's fun for everything. It you know, is for all a ages. Blast. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a blast. Okay. Well, we've had a good time today. Yeah. Boy, that flew by, didn't it? <laughs> it did. It flew by. Who else by. is watching? Sam's still watching. Do you Hi. need to update that? Or? Hi, Sam. Yes. Say hello to Shannon Mark Earl. Johnson. Hey, Shannon. Shannon. Mark Johnson. Hi, Shannon Earl. And to Vanessa Allen. Good to see everybody. Hey, we'll see you next week. You make it a wonderful week. Go do something productive. We'll see you next week at 100% Real. Good we'll see you. And Jamie.
Bye. Oh, you missed a whole string of people that were watching there. That's okay. They had already gone off. Yeah, David Hartley was watching, Terry oh, yeah. Shepard. Oh, there are a whole bunch yeah. that were watching. We just didn't get to everybody. Yeah. Wow, that was quick.